0: on here
1: not a whole lot yeah let me see is your microphone even on hello no it is hello. not there it is How dude turn this on
0: yeah uh, oh, it's God. like saturday morning and i go aubrey there's a show everyone's been talking about i finally have to watch it we're gonna start stranger
1: things oh yeah holy frick dude <laughs> it's <a> good, <laughs> that's that's so a good, good. TV show right it's I so mean. good and and what's i guess it's i find it interesting that there are that you like it as much as you do because uh, of how much eighties nostalgia is in right is in that t v show because I mean you haven't seen i mean we could literally do a month's worth of zach on film over that show that oh, is just over the movies? references that are oh, refer- sure. the movies that are referenced in stranger things, yeah, we might do that we might do that because I love that movie. because it's really good I mean yeah. it, it, you could just say, oh wow, look at everything that is that is being referenced here that's being slid in mm-hmm. and at first I was really disappointed with the movie when I, or with the show because when I first saw the first episode I was like oh man this is nothing but an E.T. ripoff Yeah. and then I even tweeted out I said well if it can pull out of it, this E.T. nosedive that it's in it might actually be good and uh-huh. I watched the second one I was like okay I see where it's going and then by the third one, I was like oh now I totally get yeah. what they're doing as far as the references enjoy the ride watch the story and it was great It's so good yeah 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 it was yeah.
0: It was incredible, and it, it, we were always really talking to much of my friends about it, and it was just like e- everything about it, like the soundtrack was one of the best things to listen to. Mm-hmm. The cinematography the was sound- just amazing. Both
1: soundtracks are available on iTunes. Oh, is there two of them? There's two soundtracks. One it- they came out in subsequent two weeks uh, apart. One was in, uh, I think, the second week in August, and the third, the second one was in the third week of August. Just okay. go under the uh, Stranger it's, Things soundtrack. Is it still soundtrack. just
0: like? The actual sound. it's yeah, not yeah. like the songs, the Mm-mm. extra songs. Mm-mm. I think it's all on Spotify. Spotify, I'm
1: sure, has it, but if you want to get it all, it's yeah, there on iTunes. I went sure. ahead and bought all of them, both of them, because I was like, man, this is good stuff. It is. And then there is... Oh, it just says volume on, one. There's a volume two oh. that's available, too.
0: Well, there is no volume two on... Look for Oh, it. there it is. Crap. It's on, it's on Netflix, too. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't know that cuz I was listening to it before we finished it and I, this would have been spoiler city.
1: Oh, because of some of the titles. Titles. Oh, yeah.
0: Volume 2 is super long, too.
1: Uh if you go on, I think someone on YouTube has put together like an ultimate mix of the theme song, oh, really, which is nothing but like an hour of the theme song like being remixed and oh, and cool. looped. Yeah. To where it's like, "Oh, I could listen to this for <sighs> literally an hour."
0: Yeah. It is it was just crazy good. And we blew through it in Saturday, Sunday. And it was just, I couldn't. It was really I a lot of fun. can't even. It was, that's what It yeah. was so much fun. And the crazy thing about watching it was you would like end an episode in mm-hmm. the beginning of the episode. It was right there. It was mm-hmm. like an eight hour movie. Well, yeah.
1: And that's one of the nice things about, um, that's one of the nice things about with what Netflix has with everything is just on demand and you can binge watch it all at yeah. once is you can literally sit down and watch that yeah. one right after the other. And it just keeps, and you know, it just, just keeps going until it, until it's done and it's well done. And I'm glad that they don't have at the beginning of each episode. I'm glad they don't have, you know, here's what happened last time right. or, you know, something like that. It just yeah. right into, into the action. And the thing that's really weird is I don't know if you caught this, but the stranger things title mm-hmm. kept appearing later and later and later in the episode Yeah, to where like you get into, um, uh, was it the pool? Uh huh. was like the seventh episode or whatever it was, and it's like twenty minutes into the yeah. into the uh, show, and then the title sequence pops up, and then you've got another thirty minutes of the show. Left. Yeah, it's cord- really was it, cool. Is it the
0: ending, I was like, are they actually ever going to do it? Because I like that song, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I need it to happen. Because I yeah, enjoy yeah. it. But it's like I don't think it's ever happening.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's very cool and and worth checking out, and and I totally enjoyed it. I'm glad it's getting a second season.
0: Yeah, that is what blew my mind, because they announced it Mm -hmm. before I watched it, and someone had said that all the words on Mm -hmm. the thing were the episode titles, titles. which I'm like, that show came out a month ago. Surely they already had this planned, because no one's writing scripts that fast. It's
1: interesting, because um, after the, I think the first week that that the show came out, the Duffer Brothers and Netflix were like, well, we don't really know if there's going to be a second season mm-hmm. and the Duffer brothers are like, well, we have an idea of what we want to do if we can get a second uh, season, but we don't know if we're going to get a second season or not. Okay. And then Netflix said, I mean, it is right now. I think the most popular show that Netflix has released, even more popular than uh, daredevil, more popular yeah. than Jessica Jones, more like popular than house of cards, house of cards any of those things. It's, yeah. it's so much more popular than that. And uh, so they're like, okay, let's put this out. And they put out the trailer and it's like, you watch it. And you're like, Oh, Mad Max. Well, that was a movie from the 80s. And then mm-hmm. you start watching the next one, you're like, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Then you suddenly realize by the time when you hit the polywog one that, oh my gosh, this is a this is these are the titles for the second season. Yeah. And then you realize, oh wait, there's nine of them. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a whole new, <laughs> we're getting one extra episode next season. And the other thing that I like about Netflix and and that I like about the Netflix productions is that um they allow you to make your show for as long as it needs to be, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that was one of the things that was, I was disappointed with in Stranger Things that there's one episode that's literally like 35 minutes. Yeah, it's really short. And I was like, oh man. But then you think about it, it's like, if we need to tell a story and Daredevil has done this and some of the other Netflix original stuff has done this where if our episode needs to be 86 minutes, it's going to be 86 minutes. Mm-hmm. If it needs to be 54 minutes it'll be 54 minutes and if it needs to be 32 minutes it'll be exactly 32 minutes yeah so I like that concept that they're not wrapped around you know traditional television where a show Mm -hmm. has to be 57 minutes and and eight seconds or something like that or you have to have a a, your intro come in right at um you know the first three minutes of the show and so I, I really dig that a lot in that You have this freedom to do things. And for Mm -hmm. someone like me that has kind of grown up with traditional television, traditional way cable television is done, uh, broadcast television is done. It's so refreshing to just finally say it's as long as it needs to be. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yep. Because it's all ones and zeros and we're not (laughs) eating up, you know, we're not eating up airwaves or anything like that. And so that's kind of shaped, you know, how we've done some of the shows at Major Spoilers where it's like, well, if this show needs to be 20 minutes long this show's 20 minutes long. Yeah. And if it needs to be four hours long and that's what is needed to tell this particular part of the story, mm-hmm. then that's how long it's going to be. Yeah,
0: it, it's, it's... I mean, I
1: don't like super long no, podcasts sure. that eat up a lot of people's time, but... But
0: it needs what it is what it needs to be. And it Netflix is kind of like embraced, you know, like YouTube or Vimeo where there's like, well, there's no reason, there's no time limits. Mm-hmm. This just it is mm-hmm. what it is. And you would think other people would catch on to that in ways that they can. Because I think of like HBO where they're not really tied to a time length they're not maybe they, they're more mm-hmm. than like Netflix or anything like that but they don't really imbra- it's like anything it's they're like within 55 or like 64 they still try to, keep, like a, still try to keep on that but I think which if you I think look it look hurts the... them it's like Game of Thrones like some of those episodes should be a lot shorter yeah yeah, yeah. and stuff like that but they really I think yeah you're right Change your Thing I thing had episodes like 42 minutes mm-hmm. and the last episode was like 58 minutes mm-hmm. and but Nothing really felt long. Nothing really felt short. They timed everything out perfectly. Oh, yeah. It was so fun and like creepy and scary and just everything that it was like, oh,
1: I just loved it so much. Well, you know, uh, HBO with The Night Of, I don't know if you've watched that. Oh, I haven't yet. I've only gotten, I think, two or three episodes in because at the time it was still being released yeah. every week. Um, the episodes are around 79 minutes long, which again is not an HBO oh. It's not an HBO yeah. show length, right? I mean, no. you're thinking of 90 minutes. I mean, if it's 79 minutes, that means that if you were watching HBO, they would have 10 minutes of either behind the scenes, which is HBO's done that a lot, yeah. or you've got 10 minutes of promo stuff coming up next on HBO. Mm-hmm. So to be able to sit down and see a 79 minute show, if that's how long it takes to tell that chapter of the story, then great. And I really am uh, becoming a big fan of that. I'm also becoming a fan of the uh, shorter seasons. You know, I used to think that that was used to be my biggest complaint is that um, if a show wasn't, you know, 32 episodes, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, back in the day, Rockford Files would have 35 (laughs) episodes a
1: season, right? And it's like, ah, you got that. Plus, uh, you know, the summer reruns and all that. Mm -hmm. And so you had something to fill up your time. And then over time, that's gotten to like 28 episodes, 22 episodes. And then as you mentioned with Game of Thrones and some of these others where and doctor who's the same way where it's like 12 episodes that's your season Mm -hmm. and it's like ah but i love this stuff so much i want it to continue on and on and on and on and then suddenly i've gotten to this realization that you know there were some really really great rockford files episodes and there were some really great episodes of your fill in the blank favorite tv show from back in the day but they had to fill in 52 weeks of programming with most people watching 30 weeks of it and if in order to compete for those at the time three networks you had to have that new offering every week, mm-hmm. which often meant that a lot of those shows weren't very good because you're just cramming stuff in to fill up that space. Right. And I think I'd rather have 12 really, really super great episodes or eight really great episodes of something like Stranger Things than, um, than 35 episodes of, of, uh, crap.
0: Yeah. and, I was going in, we're like halfway through Stranger Things, and I was like, oh, I was like, there's surely 10 episodes of it, like, didn't even think to look, I didn't want to like stumble upon a weird show Mm -hmm. title or anything like that, and then Bowery starts episode eight, and I go, oh, this is the last episode, Yeah. which then when I thought about it, oh, well, no, that feels Mm -hmm. right, because Mm -hmm. I don't know, leading up, like, Mm -hmm. coming into this episode, how... They're going to stretch us on any longer. I'm sure they could have because they're amazing. Oh, yeah. But it felt right and it felt good. And the ending was so perfect of catapulting us mm-hmm. into anxiety of having to wait probably like 11 months. For the it's really not going to be out. that
1: long because they are shooting October through April. So they're starting like just time. in That's a crazy. in a few weeks yeah, and they've got basically a four month run. Yeah. Um, October, November, January, February, March, April. So six months, they'll yeah. be shooting six months to get their nine episodes in. And then I believe it will debut next summer again. I'm so, excited. so it's following a nice format. I mean, again, I'm thinking about all the shows that have done this. Burn Notice did it, uh, mm-hmm. on USA Network when they just had their, their summer run where they had 12 or 13 oh, weeks yeah. of summer shows. Um, Doctor Who I've mentioned. trying to think of some other ones that have done that. You mentioned Game of Thrones has Mm -hmm. done that, where people then have to wait forever Forever. to get their new episodes. I think it builds anticipation, but it also... Again, like I said, I can't stress enough. If you're going to tell a really solid story, then I think you may need to take some time to do that.
0: Yeah, and there's also the thing of taking time and making shorter seasons of... There are so many shows that people are watching now, Mm -hmm. and especially if you're putting it up on Netflix, people are watching it in a weekend. Like they're consuming it and yeah. then moving on to the next thing. While right. oh, they're still going to love your thing and rewatch it mm-hmm. and talk about it, like they're on to the next thing. And even with Netflix, it's like they have a new show coming out like every three months. And so they have programming they get Yeah, so through. I wonder,
1: have you looked to see how often the Netflix shows come out? No. The new original Netflix I, shows? No. Because um, right after Stranger Things, I start to see stuff for um, uh, the, the Get Down. Oh Which, yeah. If you haven't seen that, that no, I is, watched that's that is really good. That is really good yeah. too. I enjoyed that. And that's getting a second season. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So that's something to look forward to. So if you want to see kind of like the, the beginnings of hip hop and rap, watch that. It's really, really good. Of course. Um, the first episode, maybe not so good. And that's the one that's directed by Baz Luhrmann. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, which You would think that would be the one that would be like blow awesome. your mind kind of uh, trippy, but it kind of stumbles in places and the uh, story isn't structured quite, quite right. Weird. But then after you get past, I think, the second episode, it seems like these Netflix series. <laughs> after the second episode, man, it really hits its stride. And I think if you think about Daredevil, yeah. I don't know if that was the big, long, uninterrupted sequence or if that was episode four or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, no, it was episode two, I believe. Uh, it's just this big, long, uninterrupted sequence. And it's like, oh, okay, now we're really mm-hmm. uh, burning all the way to the end. Uh, but The Get Down is really good. And then is Narcos, is that in Yeah, Netflix? Narcos
0: is a really big popular show on Netflix.
1: Yeah, so that's another one that's got another season coming up real soon or is mm-hmm. in the process think, of, of season two. And
0: one just came out. And they, I don't um, watch it, but.
1: Oh, no, one has been out for a while.
0: I, I think season two just came out. Yeah, that's and what I'm three saying. three and four got announced. Yeah, that's something. what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's
1: like you've got um, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. The Get Down, Narco season two. You is there another House of Cards or Orange is I, the New it Black? Hasn't been is, announced yet. Is coming that we've you know or we've House got, of Cards
0: usually like February
1: time at the end of the month. We have Luke Cage right. Right. So you're right. It seems like every month so they much. have a new series for you to binge on. And even that, I I used to question. You know this ability to um, do people really binge because how do you have time to blow an entire weekend, Dude. or you know an entire day just it's sitting nuts. down and watch it? And I remember ba- you know back on. um when I first discovered Deadwood and it was already mm-hmm. into like second season or something, maybe the third season when I finally caught on to it. Cause my friend was telling me, Oh, you got to see, it, you got to see, it, you got to see it. And so we got it on DVD the first two seasons and my wife and I burned through the first two seasons. And those are, you know, 12, 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we burned through those in the entire weekend. So I know it can be done, but we got nothing else done that weekend.
0: Yeah, No, it's horrible. I am an ardent person against binge watching. I can do about two episodes of something. Maybe three if it's a really good right, show in right. a day, and I'm like, I'm done. I have to go do something. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it anymore. And Aubrey's the opposite; she wants to watch it all day. So I what? can't handle it. But Stranger Things, no. Nope. So what was one it about weekend? Stranger
1: Things that made you want to sit down and binge the entire thing in one weekend? Um, because again, that's eight hours over two days. It's oh, yeah. only like four hours. That's like two afternoons that you spend yeah, watching that. Yeah. So you have plenty of time to do other stuff. Oh
0: sure, yeah. It it was. I think it was just the tone of everything struck a nice chord for me of I thought the kids were really funny but there is also this creepy sci-fi element that mm. was really mm-hmm. enjoyable and it was well, first off the cinematography was just yeah, like really, really nice, nice yeah, to watch the, the the soundtrack was just perfect it just like hit this perfect storm of uh I, I don't listen to a lot of 80s music but I love That type Mm -hmm. of electronic music Mm -hmm. that is kind of indicative of the 80s. -hmm. Uh, I love that. The cinematography was great. The story was, like, it was just weird. Like, it was weird, and I'm not going to say strange because that would just be too on the nose, (laughs) but it was just, it was a fun show to watch, and it didn't seem taxing like it didn't no, stretch on was, like they didn't stretch yeah, on but, to longer I'm like well this is just boring i never felt bored
1: my biggest fear when i saw after the first episode or maybe the second episode i was like i wonder if this is going to be an x files where there's all sorts of creepy things going oh, yeah. on in this town or if it's just you know if they're going to actually follow this one story all the way through to the mm-hmm. end because they've got a lot of things going on yeah. in there i mean they've got i mean certainly with 11 you have uh, her character exhibiting a lot of the the telekinesis the um, Firestarter type stuff, which yeah. is one of the movies that's referenced in in, oh, okay. in the in the show. Um, but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with the government conspiracy and the dead body bit, and it's like, yeah, and they could go in a lot of different directions with, like this. And I hope that they just and I'm glad that they stuck with the one story. It's interesting that originally it was not supposed to take place in Indiana; it was sp- supposed to pl- take place at Montau- Montauk, New York. Uh, and if you are a conspiracy theorist person, <laughs> uh, that name rings a bell because. Um, Philadelphia Experiment um, had part of its origins in Montauk. Um, Philadelphia Experiment was this thing that took place in, um, I believe, Philadelphia Harbor, Boston Harbor, um, in during World War II, mm-hmm. and supposedly, and you can go see. There's actually a movie called The Philadelphia Experiment. Okay, um, they were trying to do some cloaking of ships by using huge electromagnets and electricity oh, and cool. everything. And supposedly, as the story goes. The ship completely not only disappeared from radar, but it disappeared from sight and the ship disappeared in time. And so Uh. what happens is there's two guys that jump ship and they wound up in like 1986 or something like that, had all these adventures. And then they went back to 1946. Whoa. And so the, the Montauk shipyards and all this other stuff that was that was there is kind of this epicenter for the paranormal weirdness government secret cover-up stuff so originally this was supposed to take place in montauk i don't know why they the duffer brothers decided not to go that direction or why it had to take place in indiana but i kind of like the indiana setting a little bit better than than new york Mm -hmm. because it feels more rural right and it feels more i don't want to say plain yeah, It doesn't feel special when you say this takes place in Indiana. Nobody in Indiana, none yeah. of the characters in this story are special or new y- unique because of where they come from. And oftentimes uh-huh. when you think of this vast wilderness that is the Midwest and the yeah. central part of the United States, you just think there's a reason why it's called a flyover state state right. because nothing interesting ever happens there. So when this stuff happens, happens to these people in this small town in Indiana, suddenly the story does take does get elevated a little bit more Mm -hmm. to wow. Whoa, this could be happening. If this is happening in Indiana, what's going on in my backyard, what's going on in, you know, Texas or Louisiana or New York or Los Angeles or any of those kinds of things. So it really kind of works in that more uh, suburban rural setting that I don't think you could do in a, in a place like New York where I know that there's a lot of green space and open spaces, but I don't think you have that even in the eighties, have that hometown small town feeling where everybody kind of knows everybody Mm -hmm. and you can kick back and relax. Like you see the sheriff and everybody doing in this show.
0: Right. Yeah. It's I think they captured that tone really well. And it also, and you know, I think this is just me coming from watching a bunch of movies. If you put this or put like a plant like that, uh, like the corporation, Mm -hmm. the energy people Mm -hmm. in a New York city or something, there are already these like weird conspiracy things around right, it, right when that's an element to this show, but they're written off because it's like oh they're just like this thing, and we don't really care about them because they don't really bother us, so there's mm-hmm. no reason to investigate or really think about what's happening in that weird government run uh energy plant over there, and so they uh they just I think that is a a benefit to this setting,
1: one of the other supposed experiments that were going on at Montauk were these um, remote sensing, remote viewing things. I don't know if you know what remote sensing no. is. It's basically where you sit in a room and you focus on something. Yeah. And you are either projected there or you're able to see the events that are there. Dope. And so if you've ever seen the movie, um, what is it called? Men Who Stare at Goats or something? Oh, like that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, Clooney and yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is based on these experiments, oh, okay. these actual government experiments. Well, it's interesting because the... Montauk uh, metaphysics experiments are the same experiments that Eleven is doing: uh, okay. remote viewing, yeah, remote yeah, sensing. Yeah. Uh, in in this, so we're supposedly with remote viewing, remote sensing. You can see what other people are doing, or you can find things that are hidden. And uh, one of the things that I remember, this is Art Bell coast coast uh, conspiracy sure. stuff, which is always <laughs> great if you can go back and listen to some of those old old uh, old episodes. Uh, but you know, they would they would use this to try to track submarines originally. Where are the submarines yes. hidden? Where are these? High officials hidden. And uh-huh. then um, I forget who it was. I forget the guy. He kind of split it off and did his own thing and started doing remote sensing or remote viewing to help find missing children. And he had this big thing where he's trying gotcha. to find this secret stash of gold and all this stuff. So, you know, the weird stuff. Uh, so, and again, if you go and look for the Montauk Project, if people want to listen, look for it. But it's basically like the project got out of control and like the Philadelphia experiment where some people had get sent through time, supposedly in the Montauk Project, somebody ripped open a hole between dimensions and something came through. Awesome. Just like we see in Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I will say, when you mentioned, you were kind of worried that it would go X-Files and be this big, sprawling, Mm -hmm. creepy creepiness. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated how they kept the story, you know, seemingly confined into this one thing. And there was like, there there didn't unveil this huge government conspiracy where there was all this stuff happened. It was just this one location, Mm -hmm. this one thing that happened. And even... When you're you finally piece together Eleven's thing with the whole upside down and how she factored into being opened mm-hmm. is like, oh, well, now we converge it into just this person caused this mm-hmm. instead of it being multiple things kind of happening at once. Yeah. And it, it was really tightly written.
1: So let's see. Let's go through this list. Uh, this is from Vulture.com, and they've compiled a list of what they believe are all of the movie references Uh, made in Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, So first of all, we have Alien and Aliens from 79 and 86. Maybe not so much Aliens unless you're talking about, you know, towards the end of Aliens, but certainly Alien with this Polywog and when they go to the under, uh, the upside down. Mm -hmm. I keep wanting to call it the Underdark because that's what it kind of feels like from Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the things that are forcing, and a little bit of spoilers here, forcing themselves down into the throats of people to impregnate them with the thing. So you've got that. Uh, you have Altered States, which is really a trippy movie about sensory deprivation. Didn't you do a sensory deprivation tank? I wanted to. I went to the city
0: to go do it, mm-hmm. and the dude was like, I'm on vacation. Oh. So I couldn't do it. But we were watching Stranger things like, "All right, I still need to go do this because yeah. I really want to.
1: Yeah. So Altered States is all about that. Okay. About <laughs> a scientist that's doing sensory deprivation and LSD tripping and everything together. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty trippy. Then you've got Blow Up. There's a scene where... Um, the photographer kid is taking pictures mm-hmm. of the girl and her boyfriend oh, in the yeah. room. And he's basically, he sees without knowing it sees, um, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Beth?
0: Are you forgetting her? Like everyone else in the town did. Yeah. yeah. Barb, Barb, Barb
1: where she disappears. So he only yeah. sees that when he's developing the photos, there's body double, uh, there's a uh, John Carpenter's music, which again, if you've, uh, you like that opening sequence music, yeah. well, if you've seen Big Trouble in Little China, we've mm-hmm. watched the thing. Yeah. Big um, Trouble in Little China soundtrack If amazing. you listen to the opening bits of that, and even we, uh, uh they live, listen to that opening music and it, of those three films. And you'll hear a lot of that uh-huh. in, in the opening of the, of this show and throughout the show.
0: Wasn't, uh, John Carpenter's, oh geez, the thing. Uh-huh. That's the movie we yeah. watch. That's mm-hmm. in this movie, right? Isn't that what the science teacher's watching? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what yeah. I thought.
1: Yeah, because yeah. he's like, yeah, there's, uh, you know, oh, this is not really... Microwave bubble, bubble gum. gum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to see more of him in second season. Yeah, he was such a cool character. Yeah. I liked him so much. There's something about him that he's got all the answers, but why does he have all the answers and he's a high school science yeah. teacher? I mean, I've had some science teachers that are really cool. In, in fact, when I was in high school, my physics teacher was really pretty cool in the fact that this was around the same time that MacGyver had just started uh, sure. and so i would go in and go i just saw this tv show where this man built this balloon out of uh, you know raincoats uh-huh. and gum and and my physics teacher would just shake his head and just be so irate at that show because it was <laughs> twisting physics around and what sure. you could and couldn't do and so i would come in and be talking about all this stuff that macgyver <laughs> had done and go okay stop. let's <laughs> let's look at the physics behind this or yeah. let's look at the real science behind this and see what's what's real and what's not real and that led into, you know, some really interesting science discussions. So mm-hmm. if some kid called up and said, hey, we're reading Omni magazine or, you know, whatever excuse that they made and we're, we're trying to build a, a, a deprivation tank, how would we go about doing yeah, that? Or like, how would you go into an alternate dimension? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, you know, maybe because he's like minded, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into this science stuff. Maybe this guy does study this stuff, and and probably sure. does read Omni magazine at the time period. Or you know, Omni was this uh, great uh, science magazine. Oh, okay, uh, kind of and in, delved into pseudoscience and different kinds of stuff. Um, interestingly, it was published by uh, Penthouse magazine. So you oh, okay. had Penthouse, which was making <laughs> you know pr- pornographic uh, magazines, but then you had this award-winning Omni magazine mm-hmm. that was all about science and and uh, next generation science and everything. Mm-hmm. So it would I could see that the science that the um, that the science teacher would have this background in it. Um, but even coming from a rural school myself, man, we never had a ham radio setup or anything like that. Yeah, it was intense. A V Club. I mean, this is from, I mean this town's relatively big for what they're portraying in the in the show. Oh uh, yeah. You know, it's not some eight hundred person no, no, no. 800 no. person piece. Uh, Carrie obviously is in there uh, when she starts oh, sure. uh, throwing people around. Yeah. Close Encounters, of the third kind, is all over the place, especially uh-huh. with the lights uh, blinking oh, all over the place. Yeah. I, we've watched Close Encounters a uh-huh. That was Control.
0: one of the first ones we did.
1: Uh, Empire Strikes Back, obviously, a lot of references to that. ETs are the extraterrestrial, obviously. The Evil Dead, there's a lot of posters popping up in there. Firestarter, which is a great Stephen King. Who is, a uh, Drew Barrymore is the little girl in here know. that's the fire starter. Okay. Uh, The Fog, that's John Carpenter's The Fog, The Goonies, um, <laughs> Jaws, Last Starfighter, The Manhattan Project, um, Minority Report. Yeah. I think, uh, Minority Report, The Nightmare on Elm Street, Poltergeist, which you do get a lot of that Poltergeist oh, feel yeah. in there. Um, we've watched, we watched that in, we watched we the, watched the remake. remake. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, Predator from 1987, which I don't see as much, but I guess it's in there. And, and the weird thing why I don't think that you could, I think that there's a hard limit when they're putting some of these movies, uh, references in here. I think there's a hard limit because this takes place in 1983, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. So everything that's kind of influencing that should take place. The movie should have been released before that date yeah. in my mind. Right. Because, and that's kind of, if you look at it, Firestarters 84, so that would be, one that diverges from that. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least they can't it. it, no, no. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, certainly they can't self-reference it in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, the new season will start one year later, which is good because these kids are going to shoot up because of puberty and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, have you seen all the talk shows they've been no, on? They, all like completely different. They're yeah, funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy.
1: Uh, you know, so Eleven's
0: it's British, which that threw me. Through which one? A loop. Eleven. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, she doesn't talk much. So. No, yeah, but she was on like Fallon or something, and That's she had an cool. accent.
1: That's cool. Uh, Nightmare Elm Street, we said Poltergeist, uh, Predator, Scanners. I don't know if you've ever seen t- Scanners, but that is a s- creepy-ass... Is that the one... ...where the heads blow up?
0: Oh, no, I was going to say, is that the one with like all the weird messages hidden in the billboards? No, that's
1: uh, They Live. Oh, okay.
0: No, I haven't seen Scanners. Scanners like pops up on a bunch of my stuff to watch though.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird because again, it's this, you know, the power of the mind. And if I focus, I can make uh-huh. your head blow up. And that's what the Scanners. Do. <laughs> and there's some scenes where people said just blowing up on screen. Uh, Stand By Me, obviously, uh, they live as we've mentioned the thing. Under the Skin, which is the Scarlett Johansson movie.
0: Oh, yeah. That was definitely a vibe when Eleven was in, like, the dark... In the dark place. Room. like, yeah, oh, yeah. this
1: looks like Under the Skin. hmm And then, finally, Videodrome, uh, which, man, I think Videodrome. I've only seen that once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, it's about some uh, TV channel that is freaking out your mind. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's what The Vulture says. And I think there's a few more. I'd, I would like... I haven't gone back to watch Stranger Things for a second time yet. Yeah. I really want to. Um... But I just haven't I haven't had the time. Like I said, I started getting into the um the get down. Oh yeah. And then I started on the first season of um um the cocaine show, the Oh Narcos. Nar- Narcos. Yeah. Uh so I've started the first season of that, watched the first episode of that. I mean, I don't know if I'll continue on that or not. Yeah. But um I, I really want to sit down and, and watch.
0: Yeah, that I think I have never I mean besides like sitcoms and reruns on TV or anything, never watched like an hour of drama over again. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna watch Stranger Things again. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it again. Not.
1: Maybe we should do maybe we should do some something, uh side project or something where Oh yeah, Pretty in Pink is mentioned in here. Um where we sit down and we just review in detail every episode, like a commentary that would be thing. The best. Uh yeah, I don't know. It'd be cool though.
2: That'd be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else did you like? What did, what else do you notice about this new generation of Television shows and um, and movies that are coming I, in from a from a very different, very different approach. I mean, we've talked yeah. before. I mean, we talked when we were talking about 16, 1969 and the something of sixty nine and what was going on in film. Uh-huh. We're really talking about film creators in the sixties and early seventies who are like, you know what? I'm tired of doing what Hollywood wants me to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do something that's a reflection of society, something that is mm-hmm. impacting me. And I want I want to make a comment on what's going on around me, mm. and so we see the movies in the sixties and seventies. We talked about this before. Is really this anti-war Vietnam? You know, people trying to find themselves, freak out with stuff that's that's going on during this time period.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, by seventy seven, I think that changes uh, with George Lucas and oh, um, Star Wars. Wars yeah. We can talk more about that uh, later. But it seems like as we've moved forward, we get into the the second generation of film school, the indie film school group with Kevin Smith Mm -hmm. with uh, clerks. And he sits there and he's like, you know what? I just want to tell the story that I want to tell. I want to Mm -hmm. tell the things that that embraces my love of things that I had growing up. And if if you listen to the dialogue and everything that runs through clerks, it's really Kevin Smith making commentary on things that he dug Mm -hmm. right now. I don't know how old the Duffer brothers are. Do you know?
0: No. Be, I haven't looked it up because-
1: I got to say that I mean, they've got to be-
0: Surely they're like- I, If born, I had to guess, they were born I in say, nineteen.
1: They were born in 1984. So they are 14 years younger than I am. And they're what? 40, years- 32. Yeah. Oh, no. Something like that.
0: Seven years older than I am? Yeah. So yeah, 30-something. 30 30-something.
1: 30 they're in their 30s. Yeah, that seems about right to me. Um- which is weird because they were born after all of this this time of all the movies that they're yeah, that they're they influencing,
0: really right? w- live what almost half a decade through the eighties, but that's here's it. the
1: thing by the time that they really get into and we've talked about this on the major spoilers podcast where we talk about the films that most influenced you mm-hmm. are the films that happen right around when you're going through puberty, right mm-hmm. around the time that you go from about twelve, maybe ten to about sixteen those are the that's the time period where media is going to influence you the most so when we look at a movie like uh, clerks from mm-hmm. kevin smith that came out in what year did that come out kevin smith's clerks like 92 or I something say it was because i was still in college 91. when that came out and i was i was laughing my my hiney off uh that movie came out in 94 oh okay So these guys, remember I said 10 10 to 16, right? Yeah. So they would have been 10 years old when this movie came out.
0: Hopefully they did not watch Clerks when they were 10.
1: I bet they did. They might have. (laughs) I I bet they did. If you think about what was going on in the 90s, I mean, it's not uncommon for kids to just go home, turn on the TV, go to the video store. Hey, they've got a Blockbuster subscription. You remember Blockbuster, right? I
0: remember Blockbuster.
1: uh, You got a Blockbuster subscription. You just go to the store and you just get these movies. So here's Clerks, which was a hard movie to get here in Hayes. Mm -hmm. Uh, My friend Brian and I... We, we would, we did something kind of bad. We did three. I mean, we did like um, three consecutive checkouts where he would check it out for two or three days. Then when he was taking it back, I would be there Uh and I would check it out for two or three days. (laughs) And then when I took it back, he would check it out two or three days. And there was a long waiting list of people wanting to see this movie. So imagine the young Duffer brothers at night in 1994, 10 years old watching clerks. I don't know if this is an influencer. I don't know anything about it, but I can imagine that they watch something like this and go. Kevin Smith did this for $27,000. We can tell the stories and he's telling stuff that, that he loves, that he embraces. I can see the Duffer brothers and this current generation of film and Netflix and online personalities, having seen films like Kevin Smith stuff and being grow, uh, brought up in an age of VHS and blockbuster rentals, where you just go and check out everything mm-hmm. that this new group, the Duffer brothers are saying, Hey, We are sharing, we're not trying to hold up a mirror to society. We're not trying to make a comment on society. We're not trying to do what the big studios want to do. Those are two generations of film and television that have been out there. It's been done. We want to do something different. And so we see this new group of, of video and film professionals that are sitting there saying, now I want to tell you about what I love. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you a story that references the things that I love because maybe I saw Kevin Smith do that. Mm And so I can do that too. And so I, th- I want to say, I want to think that if we follow that, the generation is kind of following the generation that came before I was heavily influenced by Spielberg and Lucas mm-hmm. and all these guys from the seventies and eighties. Here are people that are being influenced by Kevin Smith and stuff when they're going through their time period. I think that's why we've hit this stride now where we have in the comic book world, we have Jeff Johns. Who's like, man, I got to bring back every silver age character because those are the characters that I love. Or I want right. to tell stories about characters that I love. Because this is what I loved. It's not because this is the right thing to do with business or this is the right thing to do with what other people want. I want to tell stories that I want to tell. It seems somewhat selfish, Mm -hmm. but I think that's that is what we're seeing. I think we're actually seeing people saying, "I love this and I want to share my love for this."
0: Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's, there's also, I mean, so they were born in the '80s, and there's a couple of things that are really nice about being in 2016 and mm-hmm. putting your story back in the eighties mm-hmm. is one. I think the eighties have this really cool aesthetic yeah. that like the nineties don't have. And really well, the 2000s do don't like the neon lights, oh, the yeah. clothing, mm-hmm. what people are listening to it's all this like really good thing. Like I realize, like I think I love the eighties, but I love like the clean version of the eighties that's <laughs> in the movies. Yeah. Not like what I don't know what it's like to grow up in the eighties. Uh, but there's this idea of what the '80s looked and sounded like that's really nice, and it's also before the internet, mm-hmm. and it's also before cell phones. So you yeah, don't have to, we don't have to work around those two things in researching or contacting people. You get to use walkie talkies, and mm-hmm. they have to ride bikes everywhere, mm-hmm.
1: and they have to go to the library looking yeah, up. you don't up have to it. Uber, and you don't have yeah. Lyft there's this and you nice cell phone. You don't have internet. Yeah,
0: it's almost like this harkening back to an age of America that wasn't that long ago, but it was before. Everyone became really connected, and this one incident would have spread over the United States,
1: right. And would have been filmed oh, yeah, there on their would cell phones and it been on you YouTube. Know, if it was eleven in going into the store and blowing everything yeah. up for waffles, would have been you know a YouTube viral sensation. No, you're totally right, and I've said this before. I said technology has ruined the detective genre.
0: Absolutely, in
1: that you know, really good detective genre requires. You know traffic you know following some tailing someone in a car you know mm-hmm. footwork uh, you have to do research you have to get it to the telephone a uh, 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 public uh, call it, box you know we've even, even so. seen
0: this in like James Bond where they're mm-hmm. setting it in modern times mm-hmm. but all of his gadgets go back to yeah, that yeah. time zone It's yeah. like, uh they are. Acknowledging where they are, but like, well, these stories were kind of better mm-hmm. because he had to do things weird and the gadgets were. I, I really think for, for a lot of
1: bangs. stories, I think technology has ruined the ability to tell stories because it's such an easy out where you and I are sitting here and we're talking about, oh, what years did clerks come out? Well, I don't have to go to a, a log, yeah. you know, log view magazine to try to find it. I've got it right here in front of me on the computer where mm-hmm. I, I've got, you know, I've got the entire world. And we talked about this with, with uh, the, the iPhone, how it mm-hmm. is almost the exact same size and shape of the obelisk in 2001. Right. And all I have to do is ask Siri a question and I can find the answers in the palm of my hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got GPS technology. We've got things like Find friends where I don't need to f- hire a detective to know where someone is at. I yeah. can just press the Find friends at <laughs> yeah. and know that. And so, yeah, I think really technology has hindered uh, this stuff. Yeah. And so putting this stuff back in the 80s and again, growing up in the 80s is is as someone who has done it, but not lived in the big city, but had access to big cities. Uh-huh. I, mean, I was 14 and 84. So I had a driver's license. I was able to go to Topeka and Lawrence in Kansas City and do things there. And my parents trusted me today, sending your 14 year old 80 miles away to go hang out and go see a movie. Is that something you think you do? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, and in the '80s, you did have you know a bunch of mass murders and and those kinds of things, but it wasn't. It was just be careful and put a quarter in your shoe so you can call home. I asked that on Twitter <laughs> a while ago. It's like, do people remember their parents telling you to put a quarter in your shoe or a dime in your shoe? And so, several people responded back, yes because you would use that quarter in an emergency if someone robbed you and yeah. stole your wallet at least you had a quarter that you could call home <laughs> you before. could go to a payphone and call home and you can't do that today because everyone has a cell phone or you can borrow a cell phone or mm-hmm. you know phone access is relatively free mm-hmm. i mean i don't even know if you have very many payphones around anymore but I you know the one. the concept of a payphone is in itself just so cool and as a product of an age that you know I need to make a phone call. I need to, you know, it's 10 minutes before the store closes or my, my, the girl of my dreams is about to leave home forever. And if I don't get on the phone and call her, I'm going to miss it. And I'm running down the street looking for a payphone and the payphone that's occupied is some little old lady is talking. And do I wait outside the payphone or do I open the door and shove her out and say, sorry, lady, close the door and hang up the mm-hmm. and call the love of my life. You can't have. Scenes like that anymore. You can't have Superman going, in fact, in 77, as we see a change in technology. In the 50s, Superman could go into a box uh phone and change his clothes and come out as Superman. Yeah. In the 77-78 version of uh of Superman, Christopher Reeve is getting ready to change into Superman in Metropolis for the first time, and he goes and he sees a payphone, but it's a payphone that doesn't have an enclosure around it. It's just one of those Uh, uh, standing free ones, and he's looking around, he's like, Well, how do I fix this? This is not something that would have happened before. And so then he has to go into the, uh, the rotating door oh, yeah. and make his, his change there as the doors spin really fast. So even then they're commenting that technology changes the way that we're telling stories and we have to adapt and we have to do things. And so when you look at the Duffer brothers and what they're doing, they're saying, yes, here's all the great things that we loved and here's why it worked. But and I really think that we're in this this era now where people are like, I'm just telling stories about things I love. I'm not following a mm-hmm. corporate rule. I'm not following some analytics. I'm not following, uh, you know, holding a mirror to society. I'm making a comment on something I love. This is why I think fan films have risen to success because people are telling stuff that they love in their mm-hmm. universe. I think this is why we see something like stranger things. That's a success. I think this is why coming up later this month, uh, a guy who loved Raiders of the Lost Ark so much, has spent like the last five years doing an animated short film called the Indiana Jones Adventures. (laughs) And it looks fantastic. The stills that I've seen look fantastic. It's supposed to debut later this month. Mm -hmm. It is a fan film, although Spielberg's website kind of promoted it a little bit. Um, And it may lead to a a series. But here's a guy going, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark so much. I want to tell my own story. I want to create my own fan film about this. And... And it's going to get a lot of attention because there's a lot of people who are like, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. It's much better than that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull stuff. <laughs> I want to see this. And so I think, I, I, I don't know, I, I think that we're in that, in that time period where you as a creator are going to tell things about things that you love, regardless if, if anyone else does or not, yeah. but because you show that passion of, of what you love and what's out there. People are going to embrace it. Those that have that same passion, you're mm-hmm. going to find your, your tribe. You're going to find your group. And I think Kevin Smith talks about that. And he's even talked about, you know, he doesn't care what people really think of him. He had a really great podcast where he reads reviews of uh, his new movie, <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever it is. Yoga Hosers. Yoga Hosers. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know what? Here's a review that they said about clerks too. That's just as bad. And he, he basically says, you know, I don't really, you know, Hollywood is okay, but Hollywood knows that. And the reviewers know that. I've got a group of people who will see my movie regardless. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're trying to do with an audience is we're not trying to be mass appeal. We're trying to find, reach out and tell personal stories. We're trying to tell things that affect us and impact us. And the right people will get it.
0: Right. I was just listening to an interview and I don't remember the director's names, but it was Ewan McGregor and the director of his latest movie, The uh, 40 Days in the Desert uh the one where mcgregor plays jesus and oh, the yeah, devil yeah. oh really? uh, I yeah i've seen this uh but th- the conversation really wasn't about the film it was about the idea that um we've reached a point with art and you know film tv mm-hmm. music that success is driven by how many things you sold on itunes how many books you sold on something on amazon or how many movie tickets you sold and so Everyone's gearing their focus towards that. And so, what we're creating is something with the most mass appeal possible yeah, and that's, so that mm-hmm. everyone can go see it. Where, you know, something like Kevin Smith doesn't care about mass yeah. appeal in the sense because he wants to make it for those people. And I think, you know, the, a guy making a, spending his time and money and energy making an animated Indiana Jones uh, cartoon or movie or show, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is like, that's great, but he's never going to get it on network television because he probably doesn't have the license of doing that yeah so it's like well i'm just doing this i'm gonna put it up on something until probably some studio says no uh but everyone who loves this or likes what i do in general is gonna love it and freak out about it and uh, you know that's the thing with netflix and youtube and uh, you know anything else online is that <clears throat> you can create something for a smaller audience now mm-hmm. and be successful right and, i mean
1: you making what you want to make i mean look at joseph Kahn. i mean he has, yeah. he's done a lot of of big time movies and he's done a lot of music videos with uh taylor, taylor swift, swift and, yeah. and others and big well-known but what does he do with his own money i want to do a power rangers fan yeah. film right yeah. got him into a lot of trouble <laughs> right yeah, i yeah. mean he got a lot of hot water out of it but so many people embraced that and so many people loved it and and Unfortunately, you know, what you're talking about is Hollywood and business and especially advertisers have fallen onto this, um, this metric uh, You know, that everything has to be based on metrics. And you know about mm-hmm. this because oh, this is yeah. what you do for your full-time job is yeah. metrics. And so advertisers are looking for someone like Kevin Smith who has – I don't know how many followers Kevin Smith has at, at the A moment. A million. Uh, <laughs> is that how many that he has? I would think so. Uh, Ke- that Kevin Smith? Yeah, that Kevin Smith. That Kevin Smith – has, yeah, 3 million followers. Mm-hmm. So someone might approach him or even uh, what's her name that's all in the media that everyone talks about all the time. Uh, you know, she has like 17, <laughs> so 17 million and she's got no talent. Kardashian girl. Oh, uh, Kim. Yeah, Kim Kardashian yeah. has like 17 billion. Yeah, he, she, she has like the, the entire most. internet following her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And advertisers are like, well, she's got 17 billion people. Mm-hmm. Let's get her to send out a tweet. Let's get her, let's pay her $50,000. To do this plug and you, you follow other people, some lesser models like um, uh, Sarah Jean Underwood, the Playboy mm-hmm. Playmate kind of geek model kind mm-hmm. of girl. I don't know what her followers are, but she's always advertising different things and you know that she's getting paid for it. Yeah. Because the advertiser is looking at 3 million people and they're saying, okay, if we can capture 0.01% mm-hmm. of Kevin Smith's audience, that equates to 300,000 people that will actually buy this product that we're selling. Right. Right. But that's still a gamble because you may not get. 300,000 people doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, um, click-throughs are about 1%. Mm-hmm. Buy-through after click-through is about 1% of 1%. So yeah. that's where it's the 0.01 or the 0.001, whatever it is. That's a really small fraction. And so like advertisers have embraced social media, embraced niche, uh, niche things like podcasts, like uh, YouTube videos mm-hmm. and stuff. And they're they're trying to force in their broadcast method of of throwing this net wide and hoping they can scoop in. Whereas when an advertiser comes with us, they're like, okay, well, how many people listen to your podcast? We're kind of interested your comic books. We understand that that's a big thing right now is comic books Mm -hmm. and comic book (laughs) movies and stuff. So we'd like to advertise on a show like Zach on film. Okay. All right. Well, Zach on film gets this number of downloads per week. Yeah. So this is how many downloads we get per month. And they're like, wow, that's, That's not a lot of, that's not a lot of people. I mean, you know, for what your advertising rate is, that's, I mean, that's a lot that we're paying per, per person Mm -hmm. or the CPM, the cost per, per million. Yeah. That's an awful lot. I don't know if we can do this. What advertisers are failing to realize is. We have X number of listeners who are our dedicated listeners. We have. And for Zach on film, we have people that either like our personalities or trust us or enjoy our conversations on media and film and whatnot. That's our niche audience. So if we said, hey, listeners out there, and this is not a plug or anything, but as an example, if we said, yeah, we want you this week, everybody to go and go to our website at majorspoilers.com. Click on that Amazon link and buy something through that Amazon link. And I, it would be interesting. It'd be an interesting experiment if all of you listeners would do that. Within the first five days of listening to this episode, because I would really like to see, I could, I could measure that's a metric that I could measure. But here we have X number, 10,000, 100,000 dedicated listeners that would be easier to sell to than 3.01 million. Sure. Twitter followers. Yeah. And you're going to actually get a better return rate from the Zach on film listener base than you would on the Kevin Smith base. Or the Adam Corolla base, mm-hmm. or the Mark Marin base, but because those lo- numbers are so small, the advertiser can risk gambling that money and saying, "Okay, we can spend fifteen thousand dollars to do this ad spot on the Corolla project or the Corolla show, Adam Corolla show," and that fifteen thousand dollars will probably translate back into about twenty to thirty thousand dollars worth of business. So, from that perspective, let's do this. Mm-hmm. If we go with what Major Spoilers is doing with Sack on Film. Yeah, we could spend $1,000. We might get $5,000 back in return, but that's not as, you know, that's, so that's not big, a big, double digit number. So mm-hmm. that's probably not something we want to do. And Hollywood hasn't figured this out. And I don't think cable networks have figured this out. And certainly broadcast networks haven't figured this out. No. Is that there are shows like Stranger Things that appeal to a niche audience. Mm-hmm. And the niche audience, like myself, Brian Brushwood, I mean, Brian Brushwood had started on to episode three, and this was, I think, the week after Stranger Things had come out. And that's when I was like, well, Brian's watching this. What is this Stranger Things? I've seen people mention it. Maybe I'll go look into it. That's Mm -hmm. how I got hooked onto it. Yeah. So if you can get me or Brian Brushwood or somebody go, Oh, this is a cool thing. Mm -hmm. Zach, you should check this out. And then Zach checks it out and tells all of his friends. Then you have this groundswell, this grassroots growth effort of the film that makes it popular. The Mm -hmm. TV show that makes it popular. And that's the thing that Hollywood and advertisers and television can't figure out because they're like, how do we do that? And you probably get approached by this all the time. Uh, how do I make something viral? How do we make something viral? We got to make you this no viral. have no idea how many times you were like, <laughs> we need to make
0: a viral video. I'm like, oh, we need to make a viral video. <laughs> that's, oh, that's what it is. So, we just have to say we okay, want to make one.
1: <laughs> let, us, let us tie this into something that we've talked about before on Zachary yeah. Film when you were a student. Where people would come to me when I was chair and you were a student and they're like, we're looking for a student to do a project because it won't take them any time at all. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this will be, you know, just an hour's worth of work to do this. Is that is that realistic when someone says, hey, we want you to come and do a, do our commercial for us for yeah. nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the equivalent of someone saying we need to make this viral. Yes, yeah. the uninformed people who are out there saying, oh, yeah, we, you can just do this big video for us. It's no big deal. It's not mm-hmm. going to cost you. Any, oh, time, effort, money. Why does it cost so much? It's easy. I see it on TV all the time. They have no clue. And so when you say when you have someone that says, oh, we need to make this go viral. Those are people You've, that don't understand it. either.
0: No, no, no. And, and that whole idea uh, is so funny. It's funny and frustrating to be around. He's like, oh, you just have no idea how the Internet works. Like, right, are you right, are right. you involved on anything that's mm-hmm. the Internet? Because if that's what you think is happening, it's like someone's like, oh, we'll make a viral video. Then every major brand would be making right. a viral
1: video every day. <laughs> so look at ABC and what they're doing with um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? hmm. They know that if they follow a specific format and if they spend x amount of money and whatever they will attract x amount of audience and they're hoping that they attract more but they know or they probably know what the expected baseline is right so they can they can base a show based on metrics or based on data that they have well we know that 18 to 24 yeah. whatever this metric will watch this show and we know that based on other shows that are in this time slot this should do well and should fall in this and hopefully mm. Hopefully it does better than this, but hopefully it doesn't go below this. And so they base a lot of their programming on these metrics, on these numbers. Hollywood does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and this is why we find this great divide between creators and pay scales and diversity mm-hmm. and, you know, these this um, uh, aging out of Hollywood where by the time you hit a certain age, you're too old to be of any worth if you're a female in mm-hmm. in movies. And so we kick you out, whereas because they're following these formulas and these metrics, we had these conversations before about, um, why Mars needs moms or whatever that, uh, animated movie was and why John Carter of Mars also failed, you know, and a lot of bean counters were like, it's because it's about Mars and nobody wants movies about Mars. So therefore Uh we have to stop all movies about Mars. They're doing the same thing now with everything that they do. They continue to do this. Mm And so when you have somebody like, um, Netflix or Amazon, uh, or Hulu that are doing original programming, they're like, you know what? The Mindy Project may not have 30 million people watching it every week, but if we have a million people that are interested in the Mindy Project Mm -hmm. and are willing to pay the Hulu subscription rate or whatever the Hulu subscription rate is, we can fund that show, no problem. Mm -hmm. And Netflix is looking at it the same way. I mean, if you think about how Netflix originated, they went from... Hey, we're a movie delivery service. We'll deliver yeah. DVDs to, oh no, we're no longer going to deliver DVDs because that's a huge cost to us. But now we have this huge profit margin. Now we can create based on this subscription of people wanting to watch just movies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We can get television shows and oh, we can do our own original programming. Mm-hmm. What are people interested in? Well, here's something that's niche enough. That's good enough. That would never be on HBO. Yeah. This stranger things would never have made it onto HBO. No. Nope. Would never have made it onto a cable broadcast uh, channel. hmm. Uh, or even a traditional broadcast channel because it's just too weird. Mm-hmm. So Netflix is like, you know what? I think this is this has got something to it. Let's try it. Let's see it. I mean, it's. I don't remember how much they paid for um uh, for the Stranger Things budget. I want to say is like a million dollars per episode or something like that. That seems reasonable. Maybe a little bit less. I would guess. Uh, let's see. They had budget constraints. I'm seeing here again. Thanks to the internet, we have all this right oh, here yeah, in internet. front of us uh i'm not seeing any dollar amounts at the moment popping up but you guys go and do what you can do with this yeah and if it's successful then great if not yeah, then that's, that's great the, too
0: that's the great thing that i like about netflix is they are willing to try and potentially fail on a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. i mean if you actually go through and see everything that netflix is pushing out there are so many shows you yeah. probably never heard of. Right. And you have no desire to watch right. because they realized, guess what? It's not for you. It's
1: not, right? Yep. It's not for I, you. I don't, I watch, everybody was talking about a uh, house of cards and I watched the first season after the first season. I'm like, mm, you know what? This isn't for me, mm-hmm. but it is something for a lot of other yeah, people. <laughs> it is for you. Yeah. Uh, Orange is the new black is something for a lot yeah. of people. Stranger things is something for a lot of people. It's not for everyone. Mm hmm. But it is for a group of people. And for that group of people, Netflix is serving up something that I want to watch. So for me, it's Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Then um, The the Get Down. And next we have uh, Luke Cage. And then after that will be something else that I'm sure Netflix will have specifically tailored towards my interest it's not, going, it's not going off that metrics, but they, they, they understand that we can create a small niche audience and we can attract a bunch of – we can attract that niche audience and capture them mm-hmm. as opposed to let's just cast that net wide and hope that this is a show that will succeed on an ABC Monday night 7 o'clock time slot.
0: Yeah, and the reason that Netflix can do that and no one really cares, like I'm not mad that they're making, you know, some show they don't watch – you know, I've – Honestly, I've watched one episode of Daredevil, and I was like, oh, whatever. Like, I'm not a big fan of that kind of show. And so, but it's not eating up time on my television because it's on a network that's going to run from eight to nine every Thursday night when I could be watching something else. There's this freedom of choice that Netflix gives you. So they have this freedom to create almost whatever they want to and give it just for that one audience that. Yeah, is gonna like it. or We're gonna reject it, and they reject it. Well, then yeah. we're fine. We're gonna move on to the next project, and we're gonna try again. Mm-hmm.
1: And certainly, um, we don't know what the ratings are on this because yeah, Netflix doesn't they don't share really anything. say anything. I, I looked for the uh, the worst Netflix original shows. They list number one as Fuller House. I've that Audrey watched that and she hated it. <laughs> uh, that probably yeah. appealed to a lot, a lot of people. people yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, They also list Sense8 on here as one of the worst Netflix I know people original. who love that. And I know people who really got a kick out of it. Yeah. It wasn't for me. I mean, I want to watch it. It seems like it would be I right, right up my wheelhouse, uh-huh. but I've yet to watch it because it doesn't have an interest in me. That's okay because Netflix found their audience mm-hmm. and they paid for it through that through that audience. So, I think the bottom line and I had this on Patreon and, and or not Patreon on um, Periscope. I I kind of do these uh impromptu periscope question and answer things usually on friday nights if people are looking for me um eight o'clock central time something like that and someone was asking about i don't know video or something and i was like you know what if you do what you love i guess they were questioning me doing this full time Mm -hmm. and i was like you know what if you do this full time if you love something it doesn't feel like work and if you you know continually to produce things and you're doing things that you think are right and things that you enjoy there will be people that will like mm-hmm. your content and come to your content and you hopefully share your content, uh, will draw other people to your content. And your audience will grow. You know, Zach on film didn't have a, I mean, it kind of had a built in audience cause it was a spinoff of the major spoilers podcast, but it is as strong or stronger than the major spoilers podcast because it's drawn in other people that are I'm not a comic book person. Yeah. I really like movie discussions and you guys are having some intelligent conversation. Hopefully I'm a little, I had a little too much to drink. I think tonight, I should have had more to drink, (laughs) (laughs) but it's something that I enjoy listening to Mm -hmm. and that's fine. that, that's what makes me happy. Right. Right. And that's, if I can share that love of film with you and you can share it with other people and, and you tell two people and so on and so on, (laughs) it, it, it works itself out. Yeah. And I'm completely okay if Zach on Film never has 10 million downloads. Me
0: too, because that's too many people. Is it? I don't know. I'd be I mean, we know a lot. As long our... as I
1: would never know, then I wouldn't care. Yeah, we know a lot of our listeners, and we, we get that personal yeah. connection. But there are a lot of them that are out there that we don't know. Yeah. And certainly people who are out there can certainly go over to Majorspoilers.com and use the comment section and, and tell us what they like or don't like about the show. And that that's totally cool.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But even, if, I mean, whether we're having this conversation you and i which we were supposed to be talking about once upon a time in the west
0: yeah point, right? i realized about 40 minutes ago that we weren't doing that
1: <laughs> so you know we were supposed to have a conversation about once upon a time in the west i watched it you watched it hopefully, i, I, you I did watch Stranger it things. holy moly um this is you and i having a conversation and having fun having a conversation yeah. and just it just so happens that there's two microphones in front of our faces <laughs> and we're recording this conversation yeah it doesn't matter if there's one person That's listening to this or 10 million people that are listening to this show. Oh yeah. This is fun. We're sharing our ideas and Uh thoughts and you and I are having a moment, a conversation. Just like if there are a group of people sitting around playing a game, talking about comic books, talking about movies or pop culture or whatever, the cars, sports, whatever. Mm -hmm. If people want to create that, if they're enjoying creating it, then it shouldn't matter how many people are listening. Right. That's a little bit different if you're trying to base your entire NPR uh, funding off of your podcast. That's a little bit different. Or if you're Kevin Smith, that's trying to build an empire or Adam Carolla or whatever. Right. Mark Barron gives two craps. I mean, I'm glad he's, I'm sure he's worried about how many people are listening, but he doesn't get wrapped up in, oh my gosh, uh, you know, 5,000 people stopped listening this week. Something's Mm. wrong. I got to retool or something like that. It's just, he enjoys what he's doing. It's allowing him to have his voice and people listen to it Mm -hmm. because he's genuine and real. And I think that, when we look at something like Stranger Things, it's genuine and real because these guys are doing something that they love doing. You can tell that they love doing it. And you can almost get the sense that they don't care if anybody watches it because they were able to tell the story that they wanted to tell.
0: Yeah, there's definitely this sense of, well, we someone, for some reason, gave us a bunch of money yeah, so we yeah. could make this show. And guess what? It's going to be exactly what we want it to be. It's going to be weird. It's going to be you know, back to the time that we loved and reference all these things that we love. A lot of other mm-hmm. people do mm-hmm. and they love those things too. Maybe they'll watch, maybe they won't, but guess what? We get to make mm-hmm. the next probably four or five months, this show that we dreamed of. Yeah. And so and people will watch it.
1: I don't know. People were like, Oh, you know, I don't know about doing my own show or just do your own show. Right. If, if you want to do your own podcast, just do your own podcast. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, bandwidth is infinite basically. Now, listener yeah. time is not infinite. So you do have to no. do some different things, but if you're doing a podcast that you love and enjoy, don't worry about the numbers. Just do it. Yeah, just I, create. Just make. Just. It's, that should be the title of this yeah. episode. Just make. Just make. Just it. make Stranger Things viral. That's what the title is. <laughs> just of this make episode. Stranger just Things make st- viral. Yes. Okay. That's um, the name of this episode.
0: Uh, so I want to say this about Netflix and what they're doing. Sure. Is that they care about the quality of the stuff they're making. Yeah. Because if you look. I think this show, um, House of Cards, I, I think Daredevil has mm-hmm. all this stuff, mm-hmm. is that they are visually making a show that doesn't belong anywhere on right. network television. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's so high quality visual. It's like care and time. Mm-hmm. They're not tra- yeah, and, trying and to and hit a schedule. And it's that's the
1: other beautiful. Thing. Hollywood is very concerned about this has to release then. This is what we were talking about earlier, where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, for TV series, you had to have 30 episodes because you had to have something every week. Netflix is like, you can kind of tell if you follow the trades that Netflix and Marvel kind of bump up against each other at times Mm -hmm. because Netflix is like, we'll release it when it's ready. And Marvel's like, oh no, it's going to release in October or Mm -hmm. it's going to release in this date. And and Netflix is like, I don't know. And when it's ready, we'll let it go. Yeah. And you're right. They're not trying to follow any, at least it seems like, they're not trying to follow a system that forces a schedule. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like cheese takes time. Wine takes, takes time. time. A, uh, um, I don't know. Other things take time. Other things. So, yeah, I mean, you know, there you go. Yeah, man. This is a weird, random discussion that we had this week.
0: Yeah, mainly because I was just like, hey, I watched <laughs> Stranger Things this week, weekend. And it was crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. So, uh, thanks, Zach. And uh, thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning in. You want to say anything else as we get out of here? Uh,
0: yeah. If you like what we're doing at Zach on Film, head of uh, this is the standard intro, or outro, so we know how to actually end the show.
1: <laughs> Head over to- the, the, well, We could just end it and we could ju- to the little boy saying, this is a podcast is copyright 2016. All right, that sounds cool. All right.
2: This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.